This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Spoiler alert. What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to What Did You Watch This Week? Episode number 74. <laughs> Dude, I forgot which <laughs> podcast I was doing right now. Awesome. And I don't we even do we don't even do an intro on podcasts for thousand holds. We just start talking. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyways. Take two. Uh, well, you want me to do it again? That, that's up to you. We could we could just riff right from here if you want, or we can uh, we'll just keep going. All right. Incidentally. 74 is 5.692307692.3 Baker's Dessens. Nice. Yeah. Nicely to I see what you did there. I did that. I did that. I did math. I did math. math. <laughs> you know, I, I always think about when I'm doing math on my phone, and and I remember my teacher saying, you know, you have a calculator in your pocket everywhere you go. Uh, you were wrong. This is <laughs> You were dead wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Anywho, so uh, what's up, John? How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well, pretty well. Uh, got a few more hours before I have to be in work, so I- I'm happy in that respect that I don't have to be there right now. It's my Friday, so I mean we're recording on a Wednesday. Friday, but... Friday. No, okay, cool. Is it Wednesday? Uh, no, it's it is Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I lose track of days. Hey, I'm right there with you. I lose track of days as myself. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah. Did you watch some stuff this week? I did watch some stuff. It was a little like broken and weird because, you know, there was that whole thing with Killjoys and Dark Matter where we had to, you know, go back in time and watch episodes to catch up because they had that whole weird thing where they weren't on the app and they weren't on demand, but then suddenly they were. Yeah, they, uh, that was weird because I remember like it was, uh, three episodes ago on, Dark Matter, where they did, it didn't pop up on my Sci-Fi on Demand app on my Roku or my my uh, tablet, right? And then like the new episode came out the following week, and it still wasn't there. And then I went to go watch, and all of a sudden it was there. Because I know you had checked as well, and I don't know. It doesn't matter, but it's it's they were there. We watched them. We can we can chat about them. I uh, I watched a few. Uh, a few things this week uh, on, out of the norm as well. So, yeah, I, I saw one movie. I saw some trailers that were good, and yeah. I noted some news stuff. I also did what I call a synopsis. Kind of, um, I caught up on the past three episodes of Adam Ruins Everything, and just picked out the stuff that I particularly liked from those episodes because. They, they weren't anything like, not one episode in particular was like, oh, I can't wait to dive into this. It was all like, man, there's some stuff that I care about, some that I don't. So, yeah, it was an odd week. Yeah. Yeah, it was an odd week for myself. So where do you want to begin? Um, 
Well, uh, let's. I'm going to start with there was no new episode of Hooten and the Lady. No, and and I knew you'd be disappointed because I had you know you had said oh I think I got a new episode of Hooten and the Lady and I was like nope he doesn't. No, I I enjoy that show. It's my 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 feel good happy fun time show. So. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but uh, we do have three episodes of Dark Matter to ch- chat about. Yes. Or at least in- I do. Including the uh, the finale, the season finale. The season finale, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I don't feel like going long long form about these. Um, this season has not impressed me at all. I haven't uh, – I watched it because I, I enjoyed the first season. Yep. The second season was pretty good. The third season, eh. But um, – yeah, so we have the uh, Dwarf Star Conspiracy is three episodes ago, episode 10 or 11, 11, 12, 13, yeah, 11, I guess. Yep. As uh, the Raza and the crew in a, a, a Mika ship investigate a abandoned Dwarf Star lab where they find dozens of these simulants, which is basically what two is. Oh, no, not dozens. Hundreds, if not thousands. Okay, they find a shit ton. Yep. And the big thing they also find on that is, uh, like, some sort of wormhole that allows these, like, I'm going to call them black slime aliens to come through. Yep. Because yep. I feel like they stole that from everything. X-Files. Because <laughs> X-Files have their black oil aliens. Yep. Yep. And I'm uh, also thinking the Venom symbiote. Yep, Venom symbiote. Well, but not quite the same because they doesn't encapsulate them and change them into something. Right, but it goes They still maintain them. And- Correct. It does. It does. Anyhow, Boone had experienced this before, or um, uh, not. But well, okay, real Boone. But what's his name? Number four, five. I can't remember his number. Boone is three. Boone's three. Okay, three had had been a host before, yeah. And so he was kind of like there's something in him so that held on that he was remembering them or could feel them, and basically. That's what kind of happened. There was a member on the on the Mika ship that was infected, and then she eventually, you know, killed the captain, and then woke up some of the simul uh, the simulants bodies, had them infected by the black oil, and then they went on a killing spree, and so then the Mekan crew nuked it. Yeah, it was like in an in a season where they constantly have jumped the shark and jumped the shark and jumped the shark. This was yet another shark to be jumped. You know, yeah. let's introduce a new alien species. And then while we're at it, let's make it so that everyone is infected, but nobody knew it. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, basically. And uh, two gets rescued by fake by fake boom or boon, alternate boon, alternate right. three. And, of course, but we don't know that, like, right away. We think, oh, no, she's been killed. Oh, wait, no, she's not. Oh, wait, no, they realized it, too, but not until the next episode, and blah, blah, blah. Right. So, and he, he grabbed her and kidnapped her on, on behest of Ryu. Yeah. So now we go to episode 12, my gift, final gift to you. And basically it's the one we keep seeing the preview of where Ryo sits down and they're having a meal together. He's like, isn't great for friends to be together. It's finally happening in this episode. Yeah. And basically the long and the short of this one is this. Uh, he wants the blank drive. They don't want to give it to him. Uh, three, five, and six show up in clone bodies uh, to negotiate with Ryu. And then there's a coup and they try to kill him. Because but, his people now think that, you know, he's a bad emperor and that they can do better. Yeah, including the uh, his number two. <laughs> his number two. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that, that 
that murdered the girl that we all liked last year, um, yep. Masaki or whatever. So anyways, but Masaki ends up getting killed. She dies. And Ryu gets kind of kidnapped or taken prisoner by the Raza crew. Um, and yeah, that's about it. They all decide at, by the end of the episode that uh, he's too dangerous, even oh, though yeah. he's submitted to us and he was a crew member of ours. We can't trust him, so he's got to be executed. And he to himself is like, I do not blame you. I am a threat to you. You need to kill me. Yeah. he yeah. His character like started off really strong because you know he was the mysterious Dude, Asian he stereotype. Was, and, he was Storm Shadow. Yeah, he really was. And he like and, had and nuggets of wisdom. and Yeah, and now he's definitely not. No, now they can't decide what they want to do with him because one yeah. minute they, they make him the stupid emperor who's like, I don't yeah. like these people. I don't know these people, but I still yeah. want to rule them and be awesome in the universe. And then the next minute he's, no, I must be honorable and I will go to my death yeah. very quickly. Ha ha. Yeah. So then we go to the final episode, 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 nowhere to go. And basically Teku, who was Ryu's advisor, who told who told to about the uh, the the coup that was happening? Uh, contacts them, and he has like a fleet of people that are still loyal to the emperor, still loyal to Ryu, and Which they want it back. Fleet? I don't know. I feel like he was stretching the definition of that word because yeah. he was like, "I've got like six of these and five of these. That's eleven ships. I mean, that's, that's barely a football team. That's eleven. Yeah, maybe that's a fleet. I don't know." Uh, yeah, militarily, I don't know if that really would be considered a fleet. Of course, we don't have a space military yet, so. But eleven ships doesn't seem like an awful lot. No, it does not. Not not at all. Um, so basically, they <laughs> tracked. Yeah, God, does this see? This is why this show's not even fun. They tracked Boom's oh, oh, shuttle. Wait, hold on, you yeah. forgot about one of the other big revelations in all of this. And and I only bring it up, not because I'm a pig, but because they made such a big deal out of this. And that's that the android has suddenly decided she wants to show off her boobs. And and I'm not joking about this. Okay, she has a new outfit. You're right. It's a new outfit. Looks nice on her. It does show some cleavage, but... But she, like, they keep talking about it. Yeah. Like, Portia says to her, you know, I, I don't know about... And she goes, boobs? but I have boobs. Maybe I could talk to you about boobs because you seem to present yours very well. Like they just keep talking she about goes, the fact that she's she showing boobs. You package, your, I, you package yours well. Yes. That, that actual line was uttered and it stands out. To me. Yeah. So that's why I bring it up. Not because I thought that it was a great thing, but because they literally made that big of a deal about openly showing that she had her cleavage on display. And this was right. this was like something that they really wanted to talk about. Yeah. Anyway, continue. So we get to the final episode now, and again, this is some big convoluted horse shit. Essentially, they track Boone's ship to where he went, and it's in the this like not no fly zone, but uninhabited zone. And basically, the long and the short of it is this: they have. Um, what is it? Not the Mika. Um, who's the other place? The other oh, corporate? Ferris. It's Thank a Ferris, yep. secret Ferris shipyard. That's I was like, think is. of uh, Ferris yeah. Bueller's Day Off. Yep. Yeah. It's a Ferris shipyard, and, and Trow got wants to, from the Mika, wants to uh, ally with 
um, a trog, sorry, Trogot allying with Amika offers a bomb to destroy the facility. However, they can't get past this protective shield they have. Yeah. But the Raza and their blink drive can. Because that blink, blink drive, inside of it. Whew, that blink drive is just, everyone wants that some bitch. Yep. Be- you know, that guy was right to go back in time. <laughs> he really was. You know, and have him destroyed. But anyways, so... So they so two three and six get into the the their their marauder they they set the blink drive in there they blink over into the other realm through the bomb doesn't work they can't blink out because Trogot or the Miki whatever that was the Mikey no the Trogot was lying and they 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 were actually aligned with Ferris and basically they did this to get the blink drive in there and the bomb was a dud. And we find out that Wexler, who was on the the Raza's crew, the alternate Raza's crew, yep, is secretly working with the Meke, and he helps two, three, and six escape. But then again, three is recaptured by what Portia, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and then of course we find out that two is possessed by one of the alien invaders. Right. Because we don't you find know that out everybody is. Right. So here's what I thought was interesting. When Six went in and to rescue her, um, when he they made a point of showing her ass in that shot. Like I thought that was it just caught me up. I'm like, I, I went back to watch it to see like why did they zoom in on this on purpose? Because like my thought was they want us to see something. No, it was just to see her ass. Like when he uncuffed her, like they made a point of zooming in on him uncuffing her because her hands are down by her bottom. Right. Right. Like I so but you know like when they make a point of doing something like that, typically it's like they want you to see, oh hey, see this wink wink. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it's like a little reveal to something you'll see later. It's a little like whatever it is. So I kicked it back to see, oh what would they want to show us? What I miss? Oh, I didn't miss anything. Okay. That's her button tight leather. Great. Um <laughs> Yep, pretty much. You know, like eh. it's like that is that the show's kind of been Reduced to, but anyhow, um, so basically the, the Mika and Teku's loyalists of Ashida's fleet, they, they decide they're going to attack the facility. Um, Portia escapes with three, uh, the, the two proposed destroying the ship ride by overloading the blink drive and sending it into null space. All right. So now she wants to get rid of the blink. Like when we, like, the way two's acting immediately when she gets back on uh, the Raza, you know something's up. Yep. And then she's like, oh, let's destroy the blink drive. And everyone else is like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, boss. Like, no, no, they, no, no, no. Yeah, how long did they fought all season to keep that, to fix that, to repair it, to make sure no one else had it? And she's like, let's just fucking destroy it. And they're like, okay. Yeah. And that, yeah. And, and of course, it's all a trap. Yep. It's all on purpose because to Admiral Akbar. Yeah, basically, yeah. Because the uh alien the oil alien people all all have this set up by and apparently by detonating the blink drive, it's actually gonna open up a giant wormhole so they can come through. Yeah. Yeah. A contained oh, wormhole. A contained wormhole instantly. Oh, and incidentally so Portia and three, they're they're gone. They're off flying somewhere. I don't. They don't. They didn't come back to the ship, right? Not that I saw. 
Okay, yeah. And then, of course, the android who was incapacitated by two, uh, she does warn the others, and so five makes sure that she's taking that by using Ryu. They knock, they, they knock her out, if you will. And then she can't get a hold of six because he's gonna go self-sacrifice himself because, you know, he is, because two's just like, oh, yeah, we, the, there's been a short, and we can't, you know, we can't. Uh, it was like we can't detonate it, yeah, detonate can't it detonate from afar. It. We have yeah. to detonate it in person. And six, like, I'll do it, and they're like, Yeah, you go do it. So he essentially, well, no, as at far first as five was like, No, I don't want you to go. And he's like, All oh, this time I've been talking about making a difference. Now it's time that I'd be able to make a difference. So cue the sappy music. So my favorite, one of my favorite parts is is they're doing the the talk of like. She's like, five, it's a trap. You don't need to do this. And he's like, five, what are you saying? I can't hear you. Mm-hmm. If you can hear me, I'm going to detonate this now. Not, <laughs> I should stop and ponder what she's trying to tell me. Right, right. You might this be warning me of something. My this could be as of right now, is like three seconds long. Fuck it. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And so he detonates the, 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 the bomb or the bling drive. And again, the anomaly opens up. And now giant sinister looking black spaceships come out and the season's over. Yeah. So once again, giant cliffhanger that by the time the next season comes around in, you know, 40 plus weeks, we're all going to have forgotten. They're going to have to do a previously on dark matter. We're going to go, Oh yeah, that's that's, that's right. Black ships, because that was the last words that were uttered in this episode by five black ships. Now, I haven't heard yet. I mean, come on. I haven't heard yet that it's been renewed for a fourth season. Neither have I. So I'm curious if it will be or not. It's too bad because this show really started off strong. It did. It started out great in season one. Season two, it kind of dipped a little bit, but not really. It still still held pretty strong. But season three, man, it was like, we're not even trying anymore. Nope. Nope. They had (laughs) the flaming hoops out there over the shark-infested waters, and they're like, check me out. It's going to be terrible. Yep. Let's make sure everybody knows that we're showing off the android's cleavage. Yeah. Let's see how many times we can use the word boobs in one episode. Yeah. Oh, isn't that funny? Because it's like a fish out of water scenario with her and her boobs and trying to show them off, but she doesn't really know what to do about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was really great storytelling. And I'm not saying I don't appreciate boobs, but it's just Oh, absolutely. I love boobs myself. But it was just in this context, in this storytelling medium, it did not work. It was more annoying than anything because you could see what they yeah. were doing. Well, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I will say, conversely, yeah. Killjoys in its third season has only gotten better. So yeah. it really is compared to Dark Matter. Killjoys is doing awesome. I'm not going to go into details because I haven't heard anybody really talking about it and saying, oh, yeah, we've had like one or two people who say that they do really enjoy it. I know that you've checked out the first episode. So, yeah. you know, I'm not going to rip into the details and spoil it. But I will say that, yeah, compared to Dark Matter, it's doing great. I really look forward to watching each episode. Did they also just have their season finale as well? Uh, no, they are, I think, one or two weeks behind Dark Matter. Because that, that worried me in the beginning. Dark Matter started up, and I'm like, where's my Killjoys? And it was like a week or two later before they Oh, started. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So, cool. Uh, so, Preacher. Preacher. Now, I, did, <laughs> I know it's Wednesday, but I did not watch this week's episode yet. Neither did I. But I, I watched, watched Dirty last Little week's. Secret. 
Yeah, the one where was it Air? What's his name? Air Star. Air Star. I, I kind of like him more and more as a character as the show goes on because absolutely nothing faces him. Yeah, I was going to say he is the ultimate straight man. Yeah. Um, but basically, you know, the episode previous to that ended with, uh, with Jesse and Star being in the, being in a bar together. Yep. And essentially what happens is, is Star starts to reveal things to Jesse about what's going on or things. The Grail organization. The, the Grail organization, what they are and everything like that. And of course, Jesse being Jesse, it's not enough. Right. So he uses his, you know, his voice to make him do things. Yep. Including, and- Including fly him to a secret location where they meet the heir of Jesus. And I got to say that whole trip with Jesse with a bag over his head and flying there, they tried to, you know, they showed us that in fast, sped up pace. Yeah. But things were still happening back with Tulip and the gang. It almost reminded me, and I know we'll get into this later, of the raven that was sent to tell Daenerys that they were surrounded by the White Walkers two episodes ago. Yeah. It it was like, how did they travel around the world like that? I've traveled to Hawaii, okay, and it takes a hell of a lot longer than that. This, they, they were going from Louisiana over to, I have to assume, probably Italy, maybe a Middle Eastern area. They never really specified, but it seemed like Italy, maybe Spain. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, so, well, don't forget, we got, don't forget, we got treated to this episode of, of surfer dude, cool drug addict Jesus. Sorry, pothead Jesus at the beginning, who's, we get to watch him, you know, like having sex with a chick a bunch. Yep. And just being complete, hey, it's all cool. It's cool. And then, like, Jesus' disciples come to take him away, and he goes and gets crucified. But one of them notices, hey, he was just with a chick. I'll bet you desired something. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, exactly. And then after the baby is born, he comes back, and they murder her. Yep. They take the baby and murder her. They they viciously beat her to death with a rock. Not the baby. The woman who gave birth to the baby. Yeah, the the mom. The mom. Yeah. Jesus' mistress or whatever. Yeah. And then they protect the baby, and that's one of the things the Grail organization has done all these years as well. And essentially – now, they don't go into detail about like – how like because it's not the same baby that's alive now. No, I mean no. this this baby has procreated with others, who's procreated with others, and on and on and on. And essentially, we get to like you know the the Jesus's heir, the Messiah, if you will, and he's retarded. His name is Humperdew. Humperdew, yeah. His name is Humperdew, and he's retarded because of all the inbreeding. Yep. Who's he inbreeding with? They probably like okay, so they probably bred that child. Say it was a boy. They would have had him impregnate like three or four women and then whatever the offspring were, breed with those as well. Like if there were any girls, breed with those so that they could keep the bloodline as much as possible. And then whatever comes out of that breeds with brothers and sisters, et cetera, just keeping constantly like whoever comes out in these breedings breeds with other people that they are directly related to. So it was probably multiple at a time. It probably was not like, oh, we'll have one child. But now that they've just got one, they're kind of screwed. Yeah, they're down to one, and he is retarded. Because they make the comment about, oh, you know, inbreeding does this. Just look at royal families. Yep. But even then, But they exaggerated him so much. Like, he's got the eyes that go in different directions, giant buck teeth, and he can barely talk. Yeah, he likes to show his penis off. Yes. And rub Air Air Star's head. Yep. Shiny. Yep. Shiny. Humperdew. 
Humperdoo. <laughs> this is the Messiah. I Humperdoo. Yeah. Yeah. We call him so, Humperdoo. <laughs> so needless to say, Jesus, uh, uh, Jesse was dejected by all this. Yep. Yep. But that's yeah, the whole episode. Basically, Hair Star says, you know, we don't know where God is either. And yep. we don't know what to do either. So they've been looking for God. Jesse's been looking for God. Um, he even meets with the Pope and some big cardinal and they don't know where God is. Right. Yep. Uh, well, that is the episode for the most part, but uh, it's like the stuff that's going on back at the apartment is boring and terrible because basically Dennis is embracing being a vampire and he's not controlling himself at all. And I hate Dennis. Cassidy's just like, you know, oh, he, he's doing the stupid thing of, you know, oh, I'm such a proud papa. I bought him a prostitute for an early birthday present. And, you know, oh, here's a second prostitute. And, you know, it's he's letting this quote unquote kid run amok. You know, this 80, yeah. 90 year old guy who was just about to die and is now a vampire. But he's feeding on people and doing his thing and running amok and it's really annoying. And then Tulip's going through her own crisis because she's worried that the, that the saint of killers isn't dead and her new best friend there who works for that organization, the grail organization, works for the grail. Yeah. Like endears herself to her and then tricks her into opening up the hatch in the floor, the, the loose tile in the bathroom where Jesse hid the sword and the guns of the uh, saint of killers. So now Tulip's going to confront him, you know, oh, you didn't kill him. Why do you still have his stuff? Or he's not in hell. Why is his stuff here? And, eh, I, I don't care about that storyline, but it keeps being put in our faces. Again, the beginning of this season, they were like, we're going to travel, and we went to this place, and we went to this place, and we're traveling, and then they hit New Orleans, and it's like, no, let's stop here. That must have been the most expensive set, so they were like, let's get the most miles out of it. Yeah, I, uh... Yeah, I just... I don't know. This show was... This episode was not good for me. I didn't care for it. This kind of... this. Again, this season's had some ups and downs, some goods and bads, and I think the bads have been outweighing the goods for me so far. Right. It's not, oh, I gotta watch this. Really, there's only two shows, well, three shows with Game of Thrones that I'm just like, oh, I can't wait to watch. And mm-hmm. it's Blood Drive, uh, Hooten and the Lady, and Game of Thrones. Yep. I, I'd probably, this season, I'd add Killjoys for myself and the guest yep. book. Okay, the guest book has been good, but that's 20 minutes of fun. Yes. You know, like this week's episode, incidentally, which I thought was funny. It's called Story 6. Last week was called Story 4. Yeah. I feel like we missed something in there. But they seem to line up. At least they edited it so it lined up, I guess. I don't right. know. Yep. Um, but basically, you have a guy in witness protection who uh, is an idiot. Him and, his, yeah, him and his handler are brought to the the – the froggy, whatever it is. I want to say the froggy, froggy bottom. Thank you. The froggy cottage. Uh, and this is also the first time that the stripper is blackmailing them to, to get the money for the rental. Yep. And he uses ponnet, uh, ponnets, sonnets and poems to woo ladies. But his goal is always to get like a few, at most a five. Yes. And, he, yeah. and he's okay with that. <laughs> he sets his sights so low. He's like, you yeah. know, I could never do like a seven or an eight. He's in witness protection because the three he had been banging was a, a drug dealer who sold drugs to the feds. And then he revealed that her sources were the Colombians and on and on and on. And so they wanted to kill him. And in a pretty hilarious thing, they bring up like some 
attorney to explain something to him. And it's it's the guy that was always the attorney on Raising Hope. Yes. And when and when the guy says to him, "Oh, don't worry. Like I'm just gonna. I got a bunch of money back in my place. I'm gonna. You know, I'm just gonna. Sarah, I need to stay and go into hiding." He then stabs him in the neck to try to kill him. Then they haul him away. And he screaming, "I told you they're everywhere. You should have taken the deal. You should have gone to jail for a year." You it know, was so awesome. it was hilarious. Yeah, I, I didn't see it coming, but it was great. Nope, but once again, you know, Eddie, and we keep getting little bits of the story of Garrett Dillahunt and, you know, yes. his child. And this time yeah. it was he bought him a crossbow, but uh, he doesn't know how to use it well. But mom's new boyfriend knows how to use it well because she met him at the archery range. Yeah. It's that's fun. Oh, but Garrett Dillahunt's still in love with her, so like he's like, Oh, maybe you could come stay the weekend next time you come over, it'd be good for our son. She's like, Yeah, it would be good for our son. And then of course she brings a, a date. Right. And he's thinking like, why, why would you bring a date? We're supposed to get back together. And so. she's not thinking that at all. Not even close, no. Nope. Not even close. Um Yeah. So anyhow, uh this poet guy uses his, his influence to influence the uh, the stripper there at the Boom Boom Room or whatever it's called to go to his apartment, get the suitcase of money, and then we'll run away together. Uh, and then at the same time, he, he kind of gets influenced by his handler for witness protection. Yep. Because she reads a poem that she wrote in the guest book, and he's like, oh, that's lovely. I understand it. And then they have sex, and he goes, I never thought I'd do a seven. Yeah. And then basically it's revealed that she's like, I'll run away with you. And so he tells her about the money. So they uh, – they, she basically – they handcuff the stripper to a flagpole and then they take the money and go. And then, of course, we find out that he then ditched her and stole her car and went down to Mexico by himself because yep. he's telling all this to a bartender. And then he goes, oh, you don't think they track those cars, do you? And then cut to his handler and her handler, which is her dad. Yep. Uh, there to arrest him. Yep. So, so yes, they I don't do track remember, those cars. I don't remember what the episode, how the episode ended, though. Like, did, I don't. Did we see who the next guest is going to be? I was trying to think that too, so I don't think that we did. Okay. See, I don't think so either. Blood drive. Blood drive. So this was the grindhousiest episode yet, I think, and it really threw me off. I got to say, for like the first. 10, 15, 20 minutes, I kept like pausing, checking future recordings, checking IMDb, because this one starts off with them announcing that this is the end. They're like, this is the final episode of Blood Drive. We've reached the end. Now we're going to have a battle royale. And I'm like, okay, this is episode 11. They said there were 13 episodes. Did I miss something? Did I mix something up? And it it just kept feeling like this was the end. And they kept saying, this is the end. But it wasn't. and, and the other thing, too, though, is once you watch it, it makes sense. Yes. Yeah. But I agree with you. As we're going through, I was just like, um, uh, yeah, uh, is this a thing? Right. You know what I mean? Like, is this really? Okay. All right. But anyways, so you're right. Uh, we, we get in and you think there's going to be more to it than there is based on the last episode where Slink is like, we have to work together to start part and do this. And so they take off down the road driving together. And that opening scene with Arthur and Grace driving and they're talking about what their life could be together, what they'd like it to be together. And then finally Slink is like, 
I'm still here. This is vomitous. Right. You know what I mean? That that was humorous. Yeah, because they're having like the touchy feely, ooey gooey kind of. You know, yeah. what about you? What do you want? And it slips in the backseat. But then the second they get to the checkpoint, if you will, or the finish line, or whatever it is, he's back to oh, screw you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, we're not going to work together. I'm all for myself. Yep. Because he's slink, and you know. Yeah. But so anyway, so old man Hart shows up. And basically, they're going to have a battle dome fight scenario where they're announcing not just people that were in the race, but apparently other people, too, that we've never met before. Yeah, we get some of those red portals because apparently the blood drive has been happening around the globe. So they have different winners from different areas or different finalists or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. Because there was no definitive winner to this race. As a matter of fact, there was very little racing going on the last couple episodes. Absolutely. You know, which, okay, that's fine, because I still enjoyed it, but there was very little racing going on. The first few episodes was all centered around racing. These ones, not so much. Plenty of blood, not so much drive. Yeah, exactly. And basically, so they start calling people in that are going to be fighting. (laughs) And these were some great names on people. Oh, do you have names? Because I don't. I, I do have names. Oh, and, go uh, for it. Pardon the, the virgin ears out there, but this is Blood <laughs> Drive. So there was, um, of course, there was Dalmy and Cliff, which, you know, yep. I kind of forgot they were around. But then they announced Face Eater, Fist Fucker, Abby the Nun, and his honorable Sir Benjamin Cuntlicker Third. Yeah, it, and they this, actually bleeped. Exactly. Like, the prior to liquor part, because that's the only thing they've ever bleeped on the show. <laughs> Which was awesome. I was like, oh my yeah. god, I can't believe they bleeped something on this show that drops yeah. F-bombs like crazy. Yeah. So that was pretty fun, watching them all walk so, out of those blood portals. Do you remember um, the movie... <sighs> Crap, we'll come back to it. Anyways, okay. yes, the, they kept coming out of the blood portals. And basically, like you said, this was a Thunderdome kind of thing. And we had another Aki robot, but it wasn't our Aki. It was... We had a... Didn't we have several Aki robots? Yeah. Just to kind of remind us that she's not one of a kind, I guess. That the one that was with Christopher, which we do get into in this episode. But she's unique. You know, but still not unique. Because there were a bunch of them that were there. And, like, taking role and setting up the rules and calling the first round of combatants... All wearing very, very uh, tight, revealing outfits. Yes. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Arthur gets called into the battle, but not Grace. Right. And then Arthur's fighting, but he's not killing anyone. Because he said, I'm not going to kill anymore, period. Yeah, he was done with it. And, of course, in the in the previous them Blood Drive, they have to show us the, uh, the, the, the episode where... Um, <clears throat> he goes, he snaps and kills a bunch of people, or just snaps and fights a bunch of people. Right. In the episode where Slink's, not Slink's kids, but where the, uh, it's the, the, the brother and sister end up having sex with each other. Right. To cure yeah. everybody. <laughs> cure everybody. Yeah. I can't make some of this stuff up. I know. It's so great. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> so anyways, um, oh yeah. Do you remember the, um... Going back real quick, and I apologize, but do you remember the movie Doomsday? Yes. That takes place in England behind the wall and da-da-da-da. You know, well, anyway, so the the bad girl that 
gets beheaded, but like, is she so prominently featured on the trailer and on the movie right. boxes and the covers? That's Abby the Hun. Ah, uh, gotcha. she's a stunt actress, and I was like, I recognize her. What she else has been in? And she was in Doomsday. She was nice. the lead, the lead evil girl that gets killed quickly and was surprising because she was so heavily featured in all the advertising of the film. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Anyhow, so Arthur gets put in there to fight, and then when it comes down to him and Abby, and he refuses to kill her, then the old man gets up and cuts a promo on him, and then they reveal Grace in a cage with flames in front of her, and then they release a ton more people into the battle dome, if you will, and basically, if you don't kill her, then Grace we're going to kill her. Yep. Great. Yeah, if you don't if you don't fight and kill people, then we're going to kill Grace. And yeah, then not it, just fight, you have to kill, unless you kill... Yeah. Then Grace will be killed. And then now we have another big fight scene round, and Abby even helps out Arthur. That's the important to show that mm-hmm. and point that out that he helps out and and stops and, and help make sure he doesn't get killed and everything. And then we have what Dommy and what's the other guy's name? Dommy and um, Cliff. Cliff. They kill each other, which was really weird because they weren't doing a lot of like they were doing the weird kind of killing, like you know, talking to each other romantically and remember this time, remember this time, and then just like casually slicing throats and, and stabbing having, guts, yeah. and they were almost ballroom ballroom dancing, yeah. with each other while they did this, and then they just come down to they love each other, they don't want this to end and go back to how they were, and the only person they want to kill me is you. Yep. So they stab each other in the neck and slowly bleed out in each other's arms. Which, romantic. at first, she stabbed him, and he's, like, going down and clutching at his throat, and I was like, oh, well, then who's going to kill her because he's dying? And, oh, nope, there he goes. He got her. Yeah, he pulled the knife out of his own neck and stabbed her with it. So, yep. <sighs> Good times. That, that was, yep, that seemed fitting for them. That's romance. Yes. Oh, would that um, we could all find that one special person in life that we want to kill people with and then only have them murder us in the end. And speaking of romance, uh, Chris uh, is driving down the road and it looks like he's going to drive the 2,000 miles to catch up with Arthur <laughs> and then decides he's going to go back for Aki because he loves her. And, and, and he keeps having all those flashbacks. Of her vomiting rainbows yes. and, and the mess in the car. So he goes back for her, and they decide, okay, well, we're going to go into the mainframe to deactivate the tracking chip that they find, that that that, or whatever the tracking mechanism that's installed in her. Yep. They have to go to the mainframe to deactivate it, and they very easily get into the mainframe. Yeah, uh, very easily. Yes, they fool the guards into going someplace else <laughs> or letting them in, and then they they kill them or whatever it is. Yep, and uh, and then while they're in there, we see the sole reclamation room. Yes, and, and it's Chris drawing all it. the power in the world. Yeah, and it's got yeah, it's drawing a lot of power, and there's like this green slime pool at the bottom, and and there's electricity going overhead, and then they start like as we're seeing people get killed in the uh, in the battle the battle dome, if you will, like as they get put into an engine, I think it was. Yep. Yep, they were they, being they, fed into a car engine. Yeah, like pieces are falling into the soul reclamation like a hat. Or whatever. A and boot, so, a belt. A, yeah, so it's kind of like, what is all this? What is all this? Um, and that's important later on. So then we cut back to the Battle Dome fight, and Grace cuts a promo on the old man Hart, who's like, why are you doing this to me? Like, what did I ever do to you? And he's like, what did you do to me? Well, I'll show you. And then proceeds to very slowly. <laughs> very slowly. methodically rip all the flesh off his own body. Yep. 
Not just the clothes, the flesh and everything. Yeah, just ripping everything off, and then at the end rips the face off to reveal that it's it's Grace's sister Karma. Yeah. That's hiding in a flesh suit this whole time. Wearing, incidentally, thong and bra only underneath it. Yeah, I thought that was a little interesting. Um, Did you see this coming? No. Me either. No. No, this is a left field like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> because, like you said, it wasn't just like the Scooby-Doo rubber mask, you know, let me take no, this off. This no, was like, peeling of flesh. This wasn't like just body makeup because she was covered in, like, blood and slime after. Yeah, yeah. And reveals herself to be calmer. And basically, she's still crazy, and she blames Grace for everything that happened to her. And this is her elaborate ruse to get back at her. Like, this was, was this was blood drive version of Arya. <laughs> Yeah, like infiltrating the Hart Corporation, becoming Old Man Hart, and 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 forcing her into the blood drive, all because uh, they went out together, and and Grace wanted to meet Primo, and so Karma did drugs, and then when she became a horrendous drug addict, and Grace did what she thought was right, um, Karma didn't appreciate it. Right. And um, yeah, so it was kind of yeah, yeah. Interesting, but that and but then, but then they don't just finish it; they drag it out. They bring Grace back out, back to the viewing room. Karma takes a shower and gets cleaned up, apparently. And then Grace then goes, gets put back out, and then she escapes and gets into the world, into the battle dome with Arthur. And then Slink pushes her off the edge, pushes Karma into the battle dome. And then now everyone's fighting, and then Arthur is led to believe that Grace has been killed, that yes. Karma pushed her into an engine. Yes, we when get the old fake-out scene. Yes, when in fact, when they show the other angle, another hapless bystander that was staying there got pushed into the engine, and and Grace fell on the ground. So yep. then she gets hauled off again, Yep. and then Arthur then snaps and starts killing everyone, including Abby the Hun, yep. uh, pretty viciously. And he's snapped, and he's killing everyone, and then Grace escapes again, gets back out there again, has a show for their sister again, shoves her sister into one of the engines. And then basically, I, I don't know if you caught this, I missed this, she turns to Arthur, and what, what does he say? There's like just the two of them left, and she says something to him? I really don't remember, honestly. Says something, like, I'm here, you can stop, or... Oh, yeah, Listen. it's like, I'm still alive. I'm still okay. You know, you don't have to do this. And it, he says, doesn't like, yes. He says, like, yes, I do, or whatever. Yep. And then he climbs the podium, and he gets the leather jacket of Primo on him. And this is what's weird. Second and third place are ordered medals, but it's just, like, pile, uh, piles of flesh. Yep. Grace <laughs> second place. <laughs> right? Grace yep. would be second place. She, she you would think away. so, because she's still there, yeah. He it, I realize, but she walks off in disgust. He's the new primo now, and in the soul reclamation room, karma appears. Yep, she like zaps down in there. Now Chris and Aki have left, but she's zapped down in there, and that's kind of what we're left with in this scene. Slink is celebrating. Slink's second hand, uh, right hand man has now walked off. Yep, Grace has walked off. Arthur's celebrating being primo with his leather jacket. Uh, Chris and Aki are off wherever. Karma seems to be still alive. And as they pan back, you see that there's no one watching this. There's like no audience. There's no live audience. The uh, audience noise of the cheering is all fake and being piped in. And it's basically Arthur standing there by himself celebrating. 
Yep. So we have two more episodes. Yes, we do. And now it won't be focused on the race. It'll be focused on, you know, what's the deal with karma? Why is it that all these people were dying and getting spit out in the soul reclamation chamber, but she lived? Yeah, she somehow is solid. And uh, what's up with Arthur? Like, has the bloodlust taken over? Is he now just a mindless killing machine? And uh, will Christopher and Aki get to have their happy ending? Uh, will Grace and Arthur get to have their happy ending? Right. Because we know that Cliff and Domi got their happy ending. <laughs> yeah, they killed each other. Yep. The last two episodes, they're called uh, Faces of Blood Drive. Which, it's supposed to be based on the Faces of Death movies from back in the 80s. Yep. And they say that it's going to be the most gross, disturbing episode yet. And that apparently, you know, that airs tonight. Yep. And then next Wednesday, the final episode is uh, called Finish Line. Which is weird because, again, aren't we done with the racing? But it's probably just a play on it. I will say this. I don't buy a lot of new DVDs or shows or this or that. I, when this comes out, I'm, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to look at it because I want to see if they make it look like the old VHS clam pack cases. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to buy this. I actually I enjoyed it that much that <laughs> I might want to watch it again someday. Absolutely. And I doubt this will ever be... I mean, who knows? It could be out there streaming somewhere, but I, I doubt this will be in reruns. Like, I don't see this being played in reruns on the sci-fi channel <laughs> no. the until the new season starts. I also don't know knows? if they're having a second season or not. Yes, I haven't heard that either, but we still got a couple more weeks. We'll yep. see. Indeed. I don't know. I like the show quite a bit. As do I. So, anyhow. Um, I watched a new show. Okay. Uh, I watch, it's on Hulu. Uh, it's a Canadian television series. It's based on a mystery novel. It's called Cardinal. Okay. Um, the first season just aired. It uh, it's uh, it aired on CTV in Canada. It didn't air anywhere over here except Hulu, and they had all six episodes for the first season. Um, and it has already been renewed for a second and third season. Nice. But it's based on it's based on these mystery novels. So like. The seasons are based on books, I guess. That's why they've already decided we can do a second and third season. And basically, the long and the short of this takes place in, I believe it's a fictional town called Algonquin Bay. I think it's based on North Bay, Ontario, Canada. And Cardinal is the main character. He's a detective. He's investigating a missing First Nations girl who turns up dead. And then others turn up dead. And then basically, you, you go on the discovery of who the serial killer or killers is that's hunting these people or has hunted these people and uh, in the interim his new partner who is from Quebec so she has the French accent going on um, she's also there and we discover investigating him because of an alleged um, I guess corruption scandal not scandal but an alleged corruption thing from a uh, an undercover incident that turned bad that happened uh, off you know, prior to the series. So it's something that happened like in his past. So we don't know all the details, but they slowly unveil it. It's six episodes. They're about 45 minutes each. I really enjoyed it. I, I don't know anyone that's in it. I know the name of the lead character, Cardinal. He's played by an actor named Billy Cantbell. I don't know anything else these people have been in besides other Canadian shows. Okay. Or cameos or one-offs here or there or whatever. But um, I liked it a lot. So if you have Hulu, you want to spend six episodes watching a pretty good uh Police procedural type show. There you go. Nice. So I'm hoping seasons two and three, when they film them and they air, 
are on Hulu again, so I can continue watching it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I wanted to interject something real quick here because it's been bugging me about the guest book. Um, oh, yes. So I looked it up on IMDb, and you're right. It went right from story four to story six. Yep. Story five, the description says, hopeful medical researcher Lori, played by Jenna Fisher, visits the cabin with her Alzheimer's patient Edgar, Orson Bean, in an attempt to recreate his past life to help him recapture some of his memories. It says that it aired on August 24th, and it says that story six is set to air tomorrow. But now I look on my DVR, and the only ones that are there for on-demand go one, two, three, four, six. And then it says Story 7 will be airing this Friday at at the normal time. And then huh. Story 8 will be on the 10th, which is nine days later, which is kind of weird. Hmm. So I'm not sure what happened with Story 5. Maybe you know they had to cut it for some particular reason. Maybe it was bad timing for the subject matter. But yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely missing. That is weird. Yeah. Uh, because... If I remember correctly, episode four was Jamie Presley and her past as a porn star. Right, but at the end of that, it tied. I thought it tied right into the next story. It, like how they'd been doing that. I thought it did too. So maybe they edited that part in. Maybe this was a plan all along, and so they edited that scene in rather than the Alzheimer's one. Oh, well, maybe. I've been watching the commercials and waiting to see Jenna Fisher show up. So it was interesting that that's the one that got cut out. Hmm. Oh, well. Well, yeah, that is kind of weird. Um, okay, here's something for you. The, uh, the guest book season one, episode five is online. Oh. I just did a search of like what happened to it and it brought me to YouTube. And according to this, that has the full episode online. Hmm. Maybe I'll check it out later. Well, tomorrow. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if it's true or not, but if it's doing one of those like, oh, in the description is the link that you can click to to stream it. You know what I mean? Yep. But I don't know. Either way. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. Because I was like seeing if you could find anything that said, hey, this is what happened to this episode. But Right. Regardless. Um anyhow. I'm gonna go down on. I'm gonna go down quickly through some of the facts on Adam Ruins. Oh, excellent. And, and I will say this, I'm really excited for this week's episode because this week's episode is called Emily Ruins Adam. And it's Emily, the girl who's normally in the episodes with him, who's like his best friend in real life. And she's going to go about talking about the things that he screwed up in the past, like on different episodes and stuff, as well as debunking IQ tests. So I'm excited about that one. But <clears throat> three episodes in a row that I was just like, meh. The first one was Adam Ruins Fine Art. The second one was Adam Ruins What We Learned in School with a really nice animated takeoff of the Magic School Bus. And the last one was... Um, Adam Ruins, oh, what was it? College. So, basically, Adam Ruins Art, I only got two things out of it. One is why the Mona Lisa is popular and the most famous painting in the world. It wasn't. It was just another painting hanging in a museum, and one night, one of the like janitorial staff stayed after when nobody else was around and stole it 
So it was the only painting that was stolen from the museum. And so everybody automatically assumed, oh, wait, if that's the only one that was stolen, it must be super popular and super extravagant, I guess. So ah, so basically it's the whole mentality of uh, like when the artist dies and now everything that they did was awesome. Exactly. Oh, this was stolen, so this must be special. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. And then the other thing that I got, which was also based on that, was called – it's a psychological thing called the mere exposure effect. And it's basically the more you see something, the more you like it. So suddenly, you know, this thing got stolen, and then when it was returned, everybody wanted to see this, the painting that was stolen. Everybody kept looking at it more and more. They liked it more and more. Remember in uh, – what was it? How I Met Your Mother, how they had the whole um, manatee or mermaid thing. Um, the mirror explosion effect, though, that relates, exposure. I think, exposure effect, that kind of relates with the, uh, the How I Met Your Mother episode, I guess, as well, or like if you may have experienced this in your life, a coworker that you don't find attractive, but after a couple of years working together, you do? Absolutely. Sometimes it doesn't even take a couple of years. Sometimes it's a couple of weeks or months. or Right. But something happens where you're like, this person actually is attractive. Yep. Uh, there was a show back in the 90s called Working. And it had Fred Savage. <laughs> that was a great show. It was a great show, but they had an episode like that, and it was great what they did. They had a female coworker that he kind of fell for, but every scene they made, they changed out the actress and made it a slightly more attractive woman. So that in the beginning, yes. she was like a little troll, and by the end, she was like a supermodel, but it was always the same person that was just supposed to be showing that exact thing. The more you see something, the more you find it attractive. So that was interesting, but that was basically all I got out of fine art because I'm not a big fine art guy. You know, they talked about how the fine art world is corrupt and blah, blah, blah. It was fine. Um, the stuff that we learned in school that he ruined, uh, the first one was Columbus. We all know by now that there's the big, you know, uh, kerfluffle in the United States where Columbus Day has been on the calendars for a long time, but a lot of people don't celebrate it now. Um, basically... Everyone thinks that Columbus was trying to prove that the Earth was round, but by the time Columbus was out sailing, globes were popular. Everybody knew that the Earth was round. Columbus was terrible at math. He thought that the Earth looked like a pear with a giant nipple on the top. And that's really disturbing. Um, but basically, it took him over a year to convince the king and queen to let him sail west. Uh, they gave him the bare minimum. You know, he had three ships. That was the least that you could do the trip with. They basically just wanted him to get out and stop pestering them. So he never hit America. He made it to Haiti, Cuba, Dominica, all the little islands down there, but he never once touched American soil in his life. Uh, he met a native group called the Taino people. Um, they were nice. They showed him hospitality, you know, fed him put all of his people up. They had a population of over 200,000 people on their island. So basically, he went, he, he left, and he returned with more ships and people to enslave them and steal their gold. And brutally massacred, raped, etc., these people from 200,000 to 200. And they didn't even have gold. They had nothing. Right. So then after that, he just kept going around to the different Caribbean islands, plundering, raping, murdering, pillaging. He was basically a pirate. Like yeah. flying under Spanish colors. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I understand that one. Yep, but um, apparently it says we celebrate him because the it, 
the story of him, you know, Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492 and, you know, all that stuff making him out to be a hero was actually a story written by the same guy who did Sleepy Hollow and a bunch of other folklore and tall tales. He just wanted to make up a nice story, so he did that. Then when we started getting a lot of immigrants in the United States and they'd come into New York, the Italian-Americans were picked on a lot and they were degraded and run into the ground. So they found this story and latched onto it so that they could say, hey, I'm Italian like Columbus was, so we're awesome. And it perpetuated from there. So that's why Christopher Columbus's name became so popular in America because they were trying to basically not be picked on anymore. Interesting. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, King Tut was actually one of the worst and most unimportant pharaohs of the time. He was buried in a small tomb and pretty much in relative obscurity. But what happened was in Napoleon's day, uh, he and a bunch of the other aristocrats of the French mainland decided that they wanted to raid tombs. So they wanted, they went through a phase where they wanted Egyptian stuff. So they sent people out and excavation teams and everything, and they went and they raided all the tombs, and they got bling, and they got sarcophagus. They'd have mummy parties where they'd invite their friends over and unwrap mummies just to see what was inside. And it became a big thing for many, many years, and then it all died out. The trend all died out. So when it revitalized in, like, the 20s or the 30s, there was basically one tomb left that was untouched, and that was King Tut's tomb. And uh. it had, like, 5,000 different artifacts in it, which was very minor in the grand scheme of things. But at the time, it was an untouched tomb. So they were like, oh, he must have been so important that they left his tomb un- untouched. No, nobody just got to it. So that's why they say that he's so popular and everybody knows his name is because in more modern times, it was the only thing that was really worthwhile. There you go. Um, And then the other thing that he ruined in school was um, grammar. And uh, you usually hear the term grammar Nazi, but they had one better on there, which was going grammando on someone. Kind of like that. <laughs> you do that constantly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I'm doing it less now because, especially after this, up until the 1800s, ain't was a proper contraction of am not used by only the upper class. So they'd say, you know, are you going to that party? I ain't. And it was very classy. And it was only once the lower class, the scumbags of the earth, started using it that they were like, oh, we're not going to use that anymore. That is a derogatory word, and it's terrible, and it's low class, and nobody should use it. But it used to be a very high class thing. And he was talking about how for hundreds of years, writers and such have used the word literally as an intensifier, and it's perfectly normal, and it's perfectly okay to do that. Um One guy wrote a grammar book in 1909 that said you can't use literally when you mean figuratively. Literally is not allowed because it has to have a strict definition. But the same guy also said that lunch is not a noun. You have to say luncheon. You can't say we're having lunch. You have to say luncheon. That's grammatically correct. Or uh, never say pants, only say trousers. And women can't use the word aggravate. So, in other words, his rules were kind of stupid, so the rule about literally is kind of stupid in the grand scheme of things. No, it's not. It makes How I Met Your Mother amazing. (laughs) Exactly. Literally. (laughs) Um, But he was talking about how the English language doesn't have one single set of grammar rules to go by. There are different dialects. You know, there's African-American English, Southern English, School English, Texting English, you know... 
texting. You could say LOL. If Dude, I was to I, say to you, I'm, Mike, okay. LOL, you know, I you'd be like, that's hate, stupid. hate, hate with so much passion texting shorthand. Like when people put a U instead of Y-O-U or yep. R instead of A-R-E, it drives me insane. Yep. I tell myself, don't be lazy. Write, write words out. A lot of people do. A lot of people really hate that. I've yeah. hated that. The fact of the matter is, though, in the grand scheme of things, it is grammatically correct. Because much like in the South, you could say y'all, and everybody's just like, yeah, that's how you do it. You know, it's a way to talk about a group of people versus saying you all or everybody or you. You know, up here, we just say you or you guys. But each group has its own different grammatical things. So, you know, texting has its own grammatical rules and... You're right. It's stupid, and you say you are here, the letter U, the letter R, and you're like, fuck you, just write it all out. Pretty much, yeah. It's, but, yeah, it's a pet peeve trigger. Absolutely, but grammatically, it's fine, which is weird to think about. I, uh, <coughs> um, the other thing was college and... It's basically everything that we've known for a while. Uh, in the 21st century, if you want to earn a decent wage, you have to go to college and get a degree. Um, the, the, he did a lot of debunking of the Bill Gates myth. You know, everyone's like, oh, Bill Gates dropped out of college. And he's like, actually, if you look at things, okay, Bill Gates, A, was already well into college. B, he had already, he had gone to a prestigious high school that had a computer that he could program on. And a lot of people at the time didn't have that. So he already had a lot of experience with that. Um, he was already a stupidly hard worker. Um, he, what was the other thing? He had thousands of hours of programming experience. He was a master programmer. Uh, his partner had already written, he and his partner had already written their first software that could run on personal computers before he dropped out. So it's not like he dropped out and then said, I'm going to go do this. He already had it. So basically that's like saying, you know, oh, I've got $10 million. I think I can afford to drop out of college. You know, he, if he failed, he could always go back to college on his parents' dime. So he really had no risks in dropping out. It's not what everybody thinks where it's like, oh, he was so brave. He said, the school's not good enough for me and I'm too smart for it. No, he was like, dude, I just made millions of dollars on this software. I'm set for life. I don't need to keep going with a college education. So they said, you'll like this. I know you like numbers. Um, the survivor bias is when you only focus on the successful billionaires that made it and ignore all the thousands of millions of failures. It can go for any particular thing. You know, it's like the one guy who hits the lottery. You know, if you only focus on that versus the 700 million people who bought tickets and didn't win. Yeah. But they did the numbers, and what did they say? Okay, you're six times more likely to be killed by hot tap water or four times more likely to be murdered at the Grand Canyon than to become a self-made billionaire like Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg. Four times more likely to be murdered at the Grand Canyon. Not just fall in. Murdered. So I like that. I do like that. I do like that quite a <laughs> or, bit, actually. Or six times more likely to be killed by hot tap water. Not boiling, just <laughs> hot tap water. Um, no, no, yeah. That makes sense, actually. Then they were talking about how, like, since 1985, we lose an average of 372,000 manufacturing jobs per year. Um but we gain jobs in the tech field even faster than that. So it's more and more common to find jobs that people aren't qualified for because they don't have college degrees. 
You know, it used to just be, you know this, go work at the mill. You know, you could get a job at the mill. You remember yeah. when we were at JNS in Manchester and you'd see those guys coming in off third shift, off second shift, picking up the six-pack of beer on their way home. Yeah, just got done at the mill. Yep. The mills are all closing down. Pretty much. Um, schools cheat and inflate their numbers because U.S. News and World Reports have those reports that say, you know, these are the best schools to get into. So, of course, they all cheat and they fluff their numbers and they pay people off and they lie about stuff just so that they can get on the list because it affects their admissions, it affects their funding, uh, the money that their alumni will send them. And uh, the the student loan debt crisis is actually a real thing. There's more student loan debt than there is any other kind of debt out there, and it's harder to get out of. You also cannot declare bankruptcy on student loan debt like you can with every other kind of debt in the world. So, that kind of sucks. And that was pretty much all I got out of that. Actually, uh, all sound like good episodes. They were, like, in their own way. Um, yeah. The art one, yeah, but it did give me some good facts. Cool. Yeah. Coolio, coolio. So, um, I figured we're going to talk about Game of Thrones last, like we did last week, for those who don't want to get spoiled. Actually, last week, didn't we do the Defenders last I don't know. Okay. Whatever. Yes, we did the Defenders last week. I figure we'll talk about Game of Thrones last, I yes, guess. absolutely. So as to not ruin it for others who haven't gotten the chance to watch it yet. I agree. Um, so I did not watch Midnight Texas this week. I started watching it. I didn't finish. I didn't get a big draw to go back to finish it. I deleted it from my DVR, so I was, yeah. I was counting on you to tell me if I should watch it or not, but I think you pretty much answered it for me. Yeah, I don't. I, I might go back to watch it. I don't know. I watched a couple movies this week. Uh, I don't need to talk about two of them because I watched Rogue One and Nightmare on Elm Street, the uh, Wes Craven original there with uh, Robert England. Um, I was at work, didn't know what to do, was looking for Halloween, saw that, threw that on. Haven't watched it in so long, I enjoyed it. Must be nice um, to have a job like that where you can watch movies and TV. Oh, wait, I have that job, but (laughs) it doesn't work for me. (laughs) Because you're new and on the wrong shift. (laughs) So... I uh, <laughs> I had a day off the other week with my son, and we finished watching Rogue One together. And then he's like, "Oh, let's watch a comedy." And I hadn't, um, so I'm strolling through Netflix and and Hulu and this and that. And I just there's nothing that I'm I'm coming up with that I want to watch. Mm-hmm. And so eventually went to the HBO Go app, and we're looking through like comedies, and it pops up uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And he goes, oh, I haven't seen that yet. I'd like to watch that. Now, I don't like Harry Potter. I just and, not and for, for me. Reason? Okay, it's just not for me. I, I, I've never watched the movies. I've never read the books. I don't plan on it. I'm not going to. Um, uh, there's nothing about the trailers or what I've heard or what I've seen that makes me go, oh, I need, I need to watch that. So, would it be a more accurate statement that you have no interest rather than you don't like? Because if you haven't watched or read, yes, yes, more accurately, I have no interest in Harry Potter gotcha. whatsoever. And so, when this movie came out, I remember all. I remember being at the theater seeing the trailer, and I remember what movie we were there watching. But there's a lot of people there. They got very excited about this trailer, and my son did, and, and other people I know of are excited about it because it takes place in the Harry Potter universe. Yep. It's it's a prequel yep. to Harry Potter, apparently. But there were some very excited people about it, and I was like, whatever. So I thought, oh, I'll just throw this on, and I'll go make dinner or do something like that. Nope. I got sucked in. I liked it a lot. 
Yeah. I still have no urge to want to watch Harry Potter whatsoever. And there was little nods or, you know, uh, mentions to Harry Potter that were in the movie that my son had to explain to me because yep. he's 11 and a half. Um, but I really enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed the characters in the movie. I enjoyed... You know, the just the, I, I guess the the whole overhaul fantasy of it all, the the witches, the suitcase that you go that he goes into, and inside the suitcase are these realms where he has these animals that people have deemed dangerous, but he's like, no, they're not, they're misunderstood, and we have to save them, we don't kill them, and just the whole the whole bit. I really enjoyed the movie. I really enjoyed the movie a whole ton. Have you seen it? I have seen it. Yeah, and what's interesting? I watched it about the same time you did because of the HBO Go and well, <laughs> actual HBO. Um, what's interesting is that most people that I have talked to, most people that I've read online, who are Harry Potter fans, they've read the books, watched the movies, whatever their claim to fame is for Harry Potter, um, they pretty much unanimously agreed that this movie was bad. Really? Yep. Huh. Yep. Uh, not like oh, this is a piece of shit, but most people did not like it that are fans of the Harry Potter universe. Now, I'm not saying that's everybody, and I'm not saying that they all had vile reactions, but for the most part, they were like, eh, no. It, it ranged huh. from like a, nah, no thanks, to a, oh, God, this was terrible. Um, I, th I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, I knew that it was a prequel, and I also went into it knowing that a lot of people didn't like it, so I was like, well, I'll give it a fair shake. Um, it was not bad. Uh, the, the books and the movies were better. The books were the best. The movies were great. Uh, they were better than this, but um, yeah, it's it is a nice universe that she's created there. And if I'm not mistaken, um, the book that this is based on was actually written not by her. Now nah, I've got to find out. Hold on. Um, I don't know. When I was at Books a Million yesterday, I saw the book and her name was on it, but that could have been you know released since the movie and they added her name to it. I don't know. No, it was yeah, it was written by her. Under the pen name of the fictitious author Newt Scamander. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but no, he. Um, it, it's it's a good universe. I've really now, enjoyed the books. Was like, this was this book written before Harry Potter? No, no, this okay. was written after. And actually, in Harry Potter, in the universe where he's worth learning at Hogwarts, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them was a textbook that they had. Yes, my son told me that. Yeah, and it's mentioned a number of times. So, um, yep. ooh, excuse well, me. I actually really like this movie a lot. I really liked the characters in the movie. I liked the um, the was the unmash as they called the humans, uh, muggles, muggles. There we go. Well, they call them something different, in, right? In, in right. Harry right, Potter right. world, yes. they call them muggles but uh, and in New York they call them like un unmags or something yes yep um but i i liked the baker <laughs> I to give his name i enjoyed him yep uh, i just i really liked the movie i liked it a lot and i i guess they're doing a sequel yes a sequel to the prequel yep so um i'll check that out i honestly i've said this from the beginning and i'll say it again i think that you would enjoy the the Harry Potter universe. I think that, you know, the books, like I said, are the best. But yeah. even if you were to sit down and watch the movies, I think that you'd be like, wow, you'd probably have a similar reaction. Like, wow, this is actually really good. They start off kid-friendly, you know, yep. with book one. By the time you get to book seven, it's not that it's not kid-friendly. It's just much more mature. Like, yep. like the these kids go through a different year of school in each one of the books. So... 
by the end of it, they've grown up quite a bit, and the problems that they're facing are a lot more grown up, and it's become a lot darker, and there's there's death, there's blood, there's killing, there's giant spiders and basilisks and stuff, but I really think that, you know, knowing you and knowing what you like, you would enjoy this stuff. I just don't know if I want to put the... Excuse me. I just don't know if I want to put the... Um... Time and effort? Yes, the time and the commitment to such a long series. Yep, I understand that. So, but um, no, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. Good. Yeah. Did you watch any movies? I watched one movie. Um, Did you watch? Well, I mean, other than Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yep. Um, I watched Sleeping with Other People. And I seem to feel like maybe you've talked about this one in the past. I'm not sure. But it's Jason Sudeikis and Allison Brie. And then there's a bunch of other people like Jason Manzukis is in it. Um, Adam Scott is in it. There's a lot of people that you're like, oh, I know that person. I know that person. But basically, Where'd you watch that? Uh, Showtime. Showtime. Okay. So basically, Jason Sudeikis and Allison Brie meet in college. Like, she's drunk and pounding on the door of her TA because she wants to throw herself at him. And Jason Sudeikis is like, hey, come hang out with me, you know, because she's going to get kicked out of the dorm. So she hangs out with him, and they're talking and, you know, kind of cooling off on the rooftop. And they discover that they're both virgins. So they're like, well, why don't we lose our virginity to each other? So they do, and then they go their separate ways. And then the story picks up, I think, like 12 years later. And they run into each other at a, a Sexaholics Anonymous meeting. Oh, geez. And they form a friendship. Basically, like, she is having an affair with the guy who is her TA. He's married. She's having an affair. But she's, like, right in love with him. Not like one of these crazy stalker loves, but she's like, yes, this is the man for me. I love him. I've loved everything about him. I'm powerless to him. You know, when he calls, I go. And Jason Sudeikis, on the other hand, has become just a womanizer. Like, he's Barney Stinson. Um, okay. But they kind of form a friendship and they become best friends, like dealing with each other's problems and talking to each other and helping each other out. It was actually a really good movie. Like, I really found myself engaged. I had to stop uh, halfway through because I was going somewhere. Um, and I came back to it the next day and was really excited to get back into it. But I really enjoyed the movie. I really enjoyed the characters. It was... uh it was believable. It was not a stupid, sappy romance movie. It was actually kind of down to earth. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. If you like something that is romantic, but not like stupid, flowery, sappy romance that has a lot of good humor because Jason Sudeikis and Allison Brie both are very funny people. They both deliver yes, great lines in this. Uh, Jason Manzukis is a riot. Um, he, Jason Manzukis is married to Andrea Savage in this, and she's the one in that show, I'm Sorry. And yep. those two are just a riot because they're the they're the couple with kids, and uh, so they have lots of you know. Why don't we do drugs anymore? Well, we're tied down to these stupid kids. Oh God, don't you wish we could get rid of them? Oh, I so do wish we could get rid of them. Stuff like that. It's just I really enjoyed it. So sleeping with other people definitely a fun movie, funny movie. I would watch this one again and again just to have it on the background or watch it to see the funny one-liners. It was good. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'll have to check that out. That definitely, definitely, that definitely sounds like something I'd want to see. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, now, I don't I don't know if I have any trailers to speak of. I know you shared a, a couple with me. Yep. But I do have some news I want to talk about real quick. Cool. Go for it. Uh, so, obviously, Stranger Things is coming out for season two this October, and they've already confirmed a season three. Yes. 
like Netflix has already ordered it. Yeah. Um, I guess I did see one trailer that I know of, uh, Black Mirror. They had a, a teaser trailer for the new season. Basically, all they showed was the title of each one plus like a little clip. Not very a little clip. Little like clip. A, a very brief flash, but six episodes. They didn't even say when they were coming out, just nope. sometime this year. So I'm looking forward to that. And it looks like for the first time, one of the episodes is taking place like in space on like a spaceship or something. Right. Yep. Um, but yeah, I really like that show. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Nice. And then uh, a little bit of movie about, a little bit of news about the new, uh, the glass movie coming out, the new M. Night Shyamalan oh, Ding yeah. Dong flick. And then that, uh, Bruce Willis's character, David Dunn, is the main character in it. And he is tracking James McAvoy's The Beast oh, from nice. Split. And apparently Samuel Jackson's, uh, price is involved in some sort of big way, whether he's orchestrating something in this or he's, or he's the one that's been kind of guiding the beast. I don't know, but that's what's happening. Well, so considering Willis, his name is the title of the movie, he better be in it. Exactly. But yeah, so Bruce Willis is tracking the beast in this. Nice. Yeah. So I'm actually, as much as I, it is weird <laughs> I to say this, it seems weird to say it, to say this out loud, I'm looking forward to an M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe that we've come to an age where we're saying that. <laughs> the last time I said this, though, actually, was for Unbreakable. Yep. No, that's a lie, because that was good. The last time I said this was the movie after Unbreakable. The Village. And I was disappointed, especially when in the with fucking opening credits running down, and you turn to me and go, "Hey, I bet you this this takes place in current times." Ha ha ha! <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you're being sarcastic. And then the movie gets over, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, "I don't know. <laughs> I I was kind of joking, but I I guess there it is. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> and until Split, disappointed every time after that." <laughs> But continue to watch because of the potential right. that it could be good because Sixth Sense and um, Sixth Sense and Unbreakable were so good. Yeah, it's kind of like so. why some people stay in a relationship for many, many years, even after they know it's gone to shit. They're like, well, I remember that there was some good stuff in the beginning. Yeah, I just – I kind of want to try to make it like it was. Yep. Um, and then the one other piece of news I want to share is that uh, Tobe Hooper died. Yes. He died at the age of 74 back on August the 26th, and you may know him from such movies as The Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Poltergeist, and as well as uh, doing a bunch of horror TV anthologies, like he did episodes of The Outer Limits and um, Masters of Horror, and I think he even did Amazing Stories. Um, but what I remember him most from that stands out uh, is I think I was around 14 or 15, I watched this movie called Tobe Hooper's Night Terrors. Yep, I remember that. And it's about a young girl played by Zoe Trilling who travels to Cairo to visit her father and becomes unwillingly involved in a bizarre sadomasochistic cult led by Robert England's character who plays the Marquis de Sade and this other character who's a descendant of him in current times. And I just remember being so confused watching the movie. Like... The storyline didn't make a lot of sense. I don't understand what I'm watching. How did we get here? But Zotrilling's boobs were so amazing at that time, I didn't care. Because <laughs> I saw her naked boobs a lot, and that was enough for me at that age. 
to watch the movie more than once. So. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's great. Well, at least I'm honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Yeah, the uh, the trailers that I had were ones that I had shared with you as well. I, we'll go down through them real quick because yeah. Little Evil is going to be great. Yep. Netflix original from the guy who did Tucker and Dale versus Evil. And if that doesn't mean anything to you, shame on you because yeah. awesome movie. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be good. Guy basically gets into a relationship with a girl, um, finds out that her son is the Antichrist. Hilarity ensues as him and his hapless friends try to uh, kill him, basically. Yep. Um, <laughs> killing Gunther. Oh, God. This looks... <laughs> Awesome. This came out of nowhere. I had not heard anything about this, and it's ridiculous. It's basically uh, Taron Killam from uh, Saturday Night Live fame has put together this movie with a bunch of Saturday Night Live players, and it's going to be a riot. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the world's greatest assassin, so Taron Killam and a bunch of other assassins all get together as a team to try to kill Gunther so that they can say that they're the greatest in the world. And Gunther's not having any of this. And Schwarzenegger is over-the-top hilarious. It's not like Terminator role. He's a goon. He's just joking and laughing. And Yeah, it looks really good, actually. He plays a buffoon, basically, but not not a buffoon, but like a doofus. Yeah, yep. Yeah, he just plays a guy who's really good at his job and is is hilarious at the same time. Yep. Um, yeah, it looks great. It looks really, really good. <laughs> it does. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Um, Super Troopers 2 dropped a red band teaser, finally. Oh, yes. I did watch that. I did watch that, yes. And it didn't really tell us a whole lot other than... not. Other than, hey, the captain's back, too. Yep. The, the characters are back, except we didn't see Ursula. We nope. just saw Mac, Thorny, uh, Farva... Rabbit and uh, Foster and the Captain, yep. but it looks to be the same kind of humor. Uh, I was impressed for what I saw. They're back to the Vermont Highway Patrol, though they're not working yeah. for the Spursbury Police. Yep, which was weird. Uh, they yep. also had the Mountie outfits on, and we got to see Jim Gaffigan reprising his role as the oh, hapless yes. motorist pulled over. That was really the only other thing we saw is when they pulled them over. He goes, "You guys, so you guys are Mounties now, or should I say Mounties meow?" <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Do you honestly not remember this guy?" No, I don't. I heard everything you said. Damn, we've been doing this for years. <laughs> so I have higher hopes than I did originally. Yes, yeah. I'm. I mean, I I was gonna watch it no matter what, but um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and the only other one was season two of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Oh, I did not watch that. I got to watch that. Oh, Um, Alan Tudyk will be in this season. Yes, I did read about some things like that. But they basically, it looks amazing. Um, It looks very similar to the first one in that they have to figure out who the sun is. That's the mystery. Who is the sun? We've got to find the sun. And uh, all the characters plus more are in there now. And they're going through and they're like saying things like, you know, priest. And then they show Alan Tudyk shooting a rifle going, ah, and there's a sheriff and a witch and a sorcerer. And it just looks completely over the top. They go, and her. And you see Fiona Dorif shooting yep. people behind her head, etc. Just mowing people down. Love it. Very excited. Nice. Yep. 
Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Um, and then for news items, Katie Sackhoff's going to be joining Flash this season. Nice. Uh, a villainous role, so yay her. Uh, you and I talked briefly about this. I just want to touch upon it again. Martin Scorsese is making a Joker origin story. Yeah, I... And it's allegedly not going to be part of the DC universe. Yeah, because he wants to distance himself from that piece of shit. Oh, sorry, yeah. I, you, Batman versus Superman only. Wonder Woman was great. Yeah, Wonder Woman was, was awesome. In fact, I finally saw a really good cut of Batman versus Superman. I think I shared that shared that with you. It's only about <laughs> five minutes long. It was great. That was that was the best version they've done to date. <laughs> I'll try to find it and share it on the page and oh, on the you Twitter. Should. You should. Yeah, it was hilarious. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And what does that mean? Watch it again? Gratitude. <laughs> You'll get that. You'll get it. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so the Joker doesn't need an origin story. Part of the great thing about the Joker is that nobody knows his origin story. One of the best things was right. watching Heath Ledger tell his origin story three different times in The Dark Knight. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and exactly. then with the recent revelation in the comics that there are actually three Jokers. We don't need an origin story. We don't want to see the Joker turn into the Joker in a full-length movie. And it, it's just Martin Scorsese. I mean, great guy, but stick to what you do. Yeah, well, he does. He, well, he's done a lot of like crime movies, like yeah. a lot of mob movies, and this and that. And if that's the approach he's going to take, then I don't know, dude. Like, I don't have any faith in it. I don't either, and I don't really want to see it. Like, no, it's not what I want to see. Ugh. And there was some other news on the on the on the, the the Batman front now, where there was a rumor that came out that Ben Affleck may not play Batman in the Batman movie. Yeah, uh, and that they also the Batman movie will not be part of the DC extended universe. Yep, I heard it'll that. be its own one shot thing. And then now, then since then, a rumor killer came out from like the director, whoever, who basically said, "Yes, it's going to be part of the DC universe," and "Yes, Ben Affleck is going to be Batman." So. And then, I, guess, I guess we'll see. I don't know. We'll just. I mean, there's a theory that Aaron has, and he 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 laid it out to me the other night after we had done recording podcast of a thousand holds. I should have pulled his audio to tack it on here because I he can kind of you know just his theory or his uh, hypothesis actually because okay. I've learned from Neil deGrasse Tyson that theory, theory is, is proven. Is, <laughs> theory is proven. Yeah. Like the theory of gravity, as opposed to hypothesis, which is not. So, yep. it's another <laughs> one of those the, grammar rules. <laughs> you watch the same one, I guess. Oh yes. Um, so, anyways, the hypothesis that Aaron has is that there's a large conspiracy against the DC universe. You have, and it started with Batman versus Superman, where you have all these people that took one, you know five-minute part of the movie, the whole Martha incident, and just spread it out that this is what ruined the entire movie instead of looking at the rest of the movie as a whole and seeing what's good about it. You have the people that uh, shitting all over the Wonder Woman movie right before it came out trying to bury it, and then it was just proved to be so good that it didn't matter. And then Joss Whedon takes over, essentially, Justice League, and now, oh, look at all the shit that's coming about on Joss Whedon now, that he's this, he's this, and like you know, now he's getting buried. And so he has this whole conspiracy hypothesis in regards to 
the DC universe and and people trying to bury it and act against it on the internet. Interesting. And when he spelled it out like that, he's kind of right. Like, I don't know if he read it, came up with it on his own, or where it came from, but I do remember, like, seeing the Wonder Woman trailers, thinking, this looks awesome, and then reports coming out of the first screenings, oh, it's not very good. Yep. And then right before the release date, hearing a lot of negativity about it, but then still going and seeing, going, this thing was phenomenal. Yes. And then, oh, Joss Whedon's going to help kind of fine-tune Justice League because Zack Snyder's got some personal issues and he has to step away. And Joss Whedon's going to do, you know, the Batgirl movie and on and on and on. Oh, this is going to be awesome. Now all this stuff is coming about coming out about Joss Whedon and stuff that he allegedly did or accusations from his ex-wife and on and on and on. And yep. so, you know, they're trying to bury Joss Whedon. And to, to Aaron, this is all going against people trying to conspire against, for whatever reason, the DC Cinematic Universe. And um, I don't know. There's some validity almost to what he's saying. I, I hear that and – Absolutely. I, I can agree that there is some stuff in there that does coincide and it does make sense. Yep. I still maintain that Batman vs. Superman was terrible. And Oh, yeah, no, I'll never say it's a great that, movie. That was not the just the five minutes of Martha. You know, that was no. joke-worthy and meme-worthy, but, you know, you and I did a special episode where we just ripped apart everything. And, I mean, that no. was from why would they have an alien spaceship in New York, or sorry, Metropolis, that they just covered with a tarp. And put up a six-foot chain-link fence around. You yep. know, why would Lex Luthor be allowed access to that when the government shouldn't be allowing anybody to have access? There was a lot of stuff about that movie that contributed to make it bad. It was not just the five minutes of the Martha thing. I can understand what he's saying, you know, right. that that kind of spurned everybody to be like, oh, it's terrible. Here's why. And then go forth and find the rest of the wrong with it. But I, I, I don't know. I didn't like the look of it from the trailer. And that was disappointing, you know. I remember you and I saying, "Wow, I don't think I have to see that in the theaters. It doesn't look that good." Yeah, and I have actually watched the movie again. I watched it on HBO Go because they had the extended version on. I said, "I'm going to watch it again," and I so I've watched the movie twice: the one first time with you, and then once later on, a few months later. Well, there's ten hours of your life you won't get back. Yeah, well, I've done worse, and still don't like it. So. Yep. I've given it – I feel like I've given it – but we also admitted that there were several aspects or parts of the movie we enjoyed. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I enjoyed Wonder Woman in the movie. Absolutely. I enjoy Batman uh, – Ben Affleck as Batman in the movie. For the most part. I, I didn't appreciate I mean? the fact that he was killing people, but – Well, see, that didn't bother me. Or using me. machine guns. Mm-hmm. Again, that didn't bother me. I like the I ending like, credits. I, <laughs> I like Henry Cavill as Superman. Yep. Not however, the bathtub scene. No, not the bathtub scene, not at all. But however, it's how the movie was tied together, the script, if you will, yep. uh, the major storyline of the movie, those are the parts <laughs> I had problems with. You know, the 99% of it. But it's just, it's still though, like, I liked Ben Affleck as Batman. I like Henry Cavill as Superman. I love Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, which I can't even believe I'm saying. I know. But. Since the Wonder Woman movie came out, they've released a new Justice League trailer, which we haven't talked about on here. But one thing I noticed in the new Justice League trailer is there's a lot more Wonder Woman in it. Yep. And, <laughs> and that's something else, too. I I will say this. When they first announced that Gal Gadot was cast as Wonder Woman, as Diana, yeah. I was like, no. 
she doesn't look like her, you know, she's not going to do a good job, I'm not excited about this, uh, time kept ticking by, they kept showing promo shots, I'm like, no, what are they doing, she doesn't look right, she doesn't look like in the comics, I was not happy about it, when I saw her in Batman vs Superman, I was like, wow, this is actually pretty good, she's doing a good job, I like this, this could work. I still went into the movie thinking, you know, what's it going to be? Like you said, there was bad reports out there. Oh, it's not going to be good. I love that movie. I have touted that movie to everybody that I know. I have said over and over again how amazing that movie was. So I, not everybody hears bad stuff and automatically gets jaded and says, oh, well, that's it. I've made up my mind before viewing the final product. No, exactly, because like, there's a lot of people that have been like, well, Gail Godot can't be Wonder Woman because Gail Godot is not... She doesn't look like an Amazon. She doesn't look like a Wonder Woman because she's a small, skinny model type person, yeah. blah, 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 blah. She even said herself that she was worried about it and other people were worried about it because she didn't have enough boobs. Well, not just boobs, but just like didn't have the right. thick build. Like like Lucy Lawless as Xena. Yep. Or, or um, like what you think about when you think of an Amazon woman. You think of kind of like – I'm trying to big, think – like uh, Beth Phoenix from the WWE, who, yeah, played, or who was actually who was the it, Glamazon. Who was it that played um, Angel Dust in Deadpool? Oh, Gina Carano. Thank you. I wanted to call yeah. her Carla for some reason, but yeah. Yeah, Gina Carano. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, you know, you think of like, you know, a, a bigger, thicker gal, not yeah. like a Gail Gadot who has more of like the, the, the thinner yep. supermodel. Like, But no, she did great. And yep. then like if you watch her training videos, she worked her ass off to do that part. Yes, she did. You know, and she did wonderful, and she did it justice, and justice that's just league. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just—it's a great movie. Yep. It really is a great movie. So, um, I like Wonder Woman as much as I hate Batman vs Superman. <laughs> I think that that's or an dislike. Statement. Yep. <laughs> um, the only other two things—I can't believe that I'm saying this, but we're sticking on the Batman theme. Yeah, they released a promo for the fourth season of Gotham, and you know how they always have little subtitles, you know, yes. like Mad City or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The first Sometimes. part of season four is called Gotham: A Dark Night, and it shows <sighs> multiple scenes of Bruce Wayne putting on a little plastic mask and putting his hoodie up, and Alfred talking to him about, you know, you're going up against villains, sir. You shouldn't be doing this. And he's like, I haven't felt this alive in forever. And he's like, well, there has to be time for Bruce Wayne as well. So what they told us in the beginning was that Gotham was not a Batman origin story. It was not going to have Batman. We would never see him suit up. Now they're like, nope, never mind. Gordon who? They literally had to bring James Gordon in at the end of the promo video to say, to check out more videos, subscribe to our channel. Like that's how little we had Gordon in the in the uh, promo, and you're like, oh, that's right, it was supposed to be his story. No. Well, maybe it's because they pigeonhole themselves by making James Gordon's character um, perpetually angry all the time. <laughs> yep. You know, like he is constantly angry. He's always talking with an angry voice, and he's always mad at someone and going after someone and not even enjoying life. Yep. You know, like so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, whatever. And the last thing, and this is literally all that I have on it, was just a quickie. Uh, apparently, Starsky and Hutch is going to be rebooted. As a TV show as or a TV shitty show, movie again? As a TV show, from what I understand, and James Gunn is going to be doing it. Oh, damn it. You said James Gunn, so now yeah. I'm like, now i got to be interested. That's I saw the headline that, you know, Starsky and Hutch is coming back with Guardians of the Galaxy director. I'm like, wait a minute. Click. 
Yeah, son of a bitch. Him and his brother are going to be writing it. All right, now I'm going to have to talk. All right. Is it going to be comedy or more serious? I hope I it's comedy. I mean, it's got to be comedy. Although, I mean, he, there was some dramatic elements in the Guardians movies. Slither was a quote-unquote horror movie. I mean... He, Slither you know, was fantastic. It was fantastic. Well, he had Nathan Fillion. Oh, my God. What if they get Nathan Fillion to be Starsky or Hutch because they're, they're older? I hope so. That would be oh, oh dude man wouldn't that be awesome? No, no, here you go. Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk, yes. Yes. <laughs> Starsky and Hutch right there. Make it happen. Holy that would God. be awesome. Holy that God, would God, be make awesome. It <laughs> oh. One other thing I did see, and I'm I'm only gonna talk about it to this extent. They're making a high school musical for ten years later with the original cast. Never seen any of the movies. I've never seen any either, but I just kinda I, I kept scrolling through Facebook and saw that, and I went, huh, that's going to be a thing. Okay. <sighs> All right, so Game of Thrones time? Yep. Turn off now if you don't want to hear us, guys, because we're going to be talking about the last two episodes, which is the finale and the one right before it. Okay. All right, so uh, episode six was called Beyond the Wall. Mm-hmm. Not and, Bed Bath uh, & Beyond the Wall. <laughs> oh, that's what the coffee mugs are. So, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, this was, I don't know, I feel like a jerk sometimes when I say this, but there was a lot of walking and talking in this episode. Like, I kind of judge these episodes based on the intro part there. Not the intro was the previously seen on, but the first scene, that, uh, the first screen that pops up that says rated TVMA4. And this yep. one was language and violence. And I'm like, well, shit. It's not mm -hmm. graphic violence. It's not uh, nudity. You know, there's going to be a lot of walking and talking. And there really was. Yep. And there was also the world's fastest raven that we never got to see. Um, okay, so I actually I read something about how the time jumps in this season have not been like any other season. No. And some fans have been complaining about it because it's like they're moving things along too quickly. Other fans have been cool with it because it's like they're getting to the point as right. opposed to dragging it out. And I am definitely in that camp. It's Me too. still a little unbelievable in cases like this. Like, I don't mind them saying, you know, hey, we're going to sail down to uh, get some dragon glass, and then suddenly they're there. I get yeah. that. I'm, I'm okay with that. But, like, in this case, you know, yeah. they, they know they're about to get surrounded. They've got the army of White Walkers bearing down on them. I know I'm yep. jumping ahead a bit here, but they're like, they, they sent the kid back. They're like, you're the fastest. Leave the hammer and go and run back and send a raven to Daenerys. So he yep. runs and runs and runs and then collapses in the snow outside of the gate. So he's like unconscious. They drag him inside. Then we go back to our heroes who are surrounded on the little island out in the lake. And the army of the dead is moving up. And maybe a day or two had passed, I guess. Because, you know, they kind of settled in, but there was no fire. There it's, was no it's hard out. to tell, though. It's hard to tell. There was no passage of time visible other than the one guy that died. Yeah. And he, quote-unquote, froze to death or whatever. <laughs> and But then suddenly, you know, the last we had seen, this guy was, uh, again, face down in the snow. Some of the Night's yeah. Watch came out of the gate and dragged him inside. And then suddenly, as the army starts marching out across the lake, because they grew snowballs, um, they... Uh, there's Daenerys on her dragon, you know, and two of the well, dragons. Well, the hound threw a rock at one and hit one, and then he threw another rock, and it hit the ice and skidded across. So they were and like, that's when, oh, wait. And that's when that one White Walker was like, oh, yeah, was like, oh, hey, let's, I think I can do this. Yep. 
and then started chuffing it across the ice. Yeah. Yeah. And then Daenerys showed up to save the day. Yeah. But there's there's no way that that raven could have gotten from yeah. the wall all yeah. the way down to her on her island and said, hey, we need help, and have her say, I've got to go immediately. Like, she's the type who would have been like, hmm, do you think I should go? Do you think I should take all the dragons? What's going on? And it goes back to my original argument, which was, in the last episode, why did they have to ride, sail, march up past the wall to collect a walker by themselves when they could have just flown a dragon up there? Right. Yeah. Didn't make a lot of sense. Nope, did not make a lot of sense. But, uh... There we are. Yep. So she's up there with her dragon, saving the day. And the uh, the Night King takes a spear and throws it at one of the dragons and kills it. Yeah, world's deadliest icicle. Like, yeah. Like, it was an icicle lance, and he threw it, and when it hit the dragon, it exploded. Well, the dragon was breathing fire, and it hit the dragon in the place where I'm assuming the fire then came out of the dragon at a different angle. Ah, that's what, Okay. That's kind of how I took that. Not like it exploded, like, oh, wow, it hit the... Ra-. I think it's because the dragon was breathing fire, hit it up high on its neck where the fire probably is coming from. And so the fire shot out the side of the dragon to show... And I think that was done to show that that, that spear pierced the dragon. I gotcha. I thought that it was a Michael Bay-inspired spear. Nope, 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 not at all. Not at all. That that's that's how sense. I took that, at least, yeah. And then the dragon crashed on the ice and fell underneath the water. Yep. And then immediately I went, oh... He's got himself a dragon now. Things just got interesting. Yeah, I said the same thing. (laughs) So, like, the final scene of the episode was not surprising for me at all. It was dragged out quite a bit. Um, But this was, again, another episode with a lot of walking, a lot of talking. You know, you've got the guys who are marching out there to collect their White Walker, and they're all bonding and talking about different things. You know, you get the redhead guy there and, uh, you know, the king of the wildlings talking to the hound about his woman that he's got back there, Brienne of Tarth, and the hound's like, yes. go ahead, take her, I don't care. Yeah. But there was just, there was a lot of, there was a lot of things yep. in this episode, but not really. I mean, the primary focus of the episode was them walking a lot. Yep. Yep. And then getting a White Walker yep. and trapping it and then being trapped themselves yep. and the Daenerys saving them and then the Night King getting his dragon, which but, that was the last scene was him then pulling the dragon out of the ice and him touching it and the dragon opening his eye and it's showing a blue eye. They had some great scale there showing what, like four ginormous chains Oh yeah, that were yeah. like a mile or so long each that were just filled yeah. with White Walkers all hauling, pulling the dragon up out of the water. Yeah. Um, um, we had Jon Snow acting a little bit odd in this. Like, he wouldn't get on the dragon. He was, like, killing White Walkers because he wanted to try to go kill the, the Night King himself, figuring if he could kill him, then yeah. he could end the whole thing. Because without the Night King, they'd all, all the other walkers would crumble. Right. So they need to all get it out of there now, especially when they saw the other spear. And it was just like, yeah. Yeah. So John tried to sacrifice himself, and so Daenerys and everybody left on the dragons to get away. The second spear missed the second dragon, and then John fell under the ice. And I thought the episode would end there, but mm-hmm. nope. John pulls himself back out and is trudging along, and it's like, okay, well, what's going to happen now? Like, is she going to come back for him again? Right. Or... And then we finally see Benji Stark. Mm-hmm. His uncle Benji, who for five seconds, yeah. And, but the thing is, is he has been trapped beyond the wall, 
kind of in his own purgatory. Yeah. Because he's dead. And he doesn't know why he's not dead. He, he's dead, but he doesn't know why he's still around, but he was killed. And this is almost like, oh, this is the reason why you're still here, because you're here to save John, finally. Right. Because that's what he did. He gave John his horse, told him to take off, and then he tried, and then, well, he did not valiantly fight off them for very long. They really <laughs> no. overcame him rather quickly. Yep. Um, and then, of course, like, it cuts right to John's at the wall. And then now John and Daenerys are on a boat together. Because she's going to take the boat back with them instead right. of flying her dragons back. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, he, you know, he, he says, he bends the knee, but he's lying down, so he can't really right. bend the knee. Right. He basically just um, says, you're my queen. Yeah. And then, now my, my, Cersei and King's Landing was not in this episode at all, were they? I don't believe that they were, no. Okay. The only other thing that happened was is that Littlefinger tried to continue to uh, cause tensions between Sansa and Arya because we learn now of the the scroll that Littlefinger fetched that Arya took from her was the one that Sansa wrote after her dad was killed. Basically, the one that Cersei forced her to write. Yes, saying they should bend, they should pledge allegiance to to, to Theon or whoever, not Theon, um, Joffrey or whatever. Right. Yeah, basically. And that dad was wrong. Yeah. And then also we see Sansa finding – was this the episode where she found all the faces? Found yes. Arya's faces? Yep. And then basically Arya, like there's that weird moment between them where she's like, I could just cut your face off and then yeah. I know what it would be like to be the Lady Winterfell. Yep. But here, you take this blade. I'm going to walk off now. Yeah. yeah. Just remember I could take your face at any time and nobody would be the wiser. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so it was a good episode, but it was slow. It was slow and a little predictable. Yeah, and just basically the point of it all was like, you know, Daenerys got to see the, the, the dead army, so she now believes. Yep. She lost a dragon. Yep. Which was like losing a child. The night gained a dragon. Yeah, and then, uh, which, there have been some hilarious memes, by the way. Uh, I've seen like there's a meme, a meme of Cersei and and and, and oh yes, Khaleesi, where Cersei's like, didn't you used to have three dragons? And then they show Daenerys laughing, saying, didn't you used to have three kids? Yep. <laughs> so like, there's been some great memes. But anyways, um, I want to know. Just into, go ahead. I want to know how armor is so lightweight in. Westeros, because this is twice now. First was with Jamie when he got knocked off horseback and into the lake and sunk yeah. down to the bottom in his full set of armor and golden hand. And then yeah. now we've got Jon Snow, who's all decked out in his regalia with his sword and everything, dragged into the lake. We watch him sink down, 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 and yet yeah. he swims up and pulls himself out. Because like, they're just tough. The, dude, tough has nothing to do with it. They're I just mean, strong, John. That's all. They're that's, strong. That's insane. Well, they're used to wearing that armor all the time and walking around with it. So, I mean, they're just naturally stronger. Dude, I'm used to walking around with my body weight. It doesn't mean that I'm going to be able to magically pull myself up out of a lake when I'm that deep. I mean... I know what you're saying. Anyway. Uh, We're also watching a show that has dragons and witches and people being brought back from the dead. Yeah. Faceless men. So... Yep. Suspension of disbelief. (laughs) Uh... Then we get to the final episode of the season, The Dragon and the Wolf. One hour and 25 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, 
basically the the point of this one is at King's Landing. Uh, they're all meeting at what they're calling the Dragon Pit. It's Cersei and John and Daenerys and their people, and it's interesting because Cersei, uh, Daenerys, you knew she's going to make an entrance with her dragon, yeah. Which she did when she finally did, and then they sit down, and then of course, like you know, for a lot of them, it's the first time they've seen a dragon. Jamie's old hand now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> didn't mean to do that. <laughs> but what I liked was you have, of course, like the little petty banter back and forth. You know, the the whose cock's bigger type of thing. You know, how people do that. Dude, uh, what's his name there? Oh, the one from the Iron Isles. Yeah, uh, uh, Theon's uncle. Yeah, it was a Tyronian. Something like that. Tyrion? No. Whatever. Yeah. No. Mr. Greyjoy. No, not Tyrion. Jeez, I'm crow. That's the brother. Yeah. But we know, we're know, we know who we're talking about. Yeah. So anyway. He just like flat out launches against Tyrion. Yeah. Like making fun of him for being a dwarf. He, he like calls out um, Theon. He's just like, hey, Theon, I got your sister. I got your sister. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to kill her unless you uh, pledge your allegiance to me. Yep. And basically, he's told to go sit down and shut up. By Cersei and Jamie, yes, yep. by both of them. So I thought that was good. But basically, you know, it's it's basically a lot of like uh, posturing and 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 words of and, and harsh words yep. in that political way. Which I hate politics. So like this was kind of uh, just bring the White Walker out, right? And then oh, the only thing I did enjoy was when the Hound and the Mountain, yeah, and the Hound says, huh. You know, basically, the hound says to him, I'm going to come kill you, but look what they've done to you. You look worse than I do now. Yeah. That was kind of because I had forgotten that they were brothers. Right. <laughs> and then the hound carries up the crate, dumps it out. The white jumps out, charges at them. And we see what we think is Cersei doing an about face. And this is where I have a problem with the logic in the writing because the, the, the white comes out. They have no idea that they're going to be seeing this. And the white comes out, and basically she's like, "Okay, yeah, we'll work together," because no, this, I've never seen anything like this before. Because they cut him in half, he's still moving. They cut the hand off; it's still running. They set it on fire; it stops. They finally use the dragon glass. I mean, they showed, they demonstrated this: this thing will not stop, type of thing. And it makes you think, "Oh, wow, they actually are going to work together to fight the the Night King's army." Okay, that's kind of cool. And then Theon's uncle stands up, and he's basically like, no, fuck this. Yeah. He, uh, I love how he said that. He goes, can they swim? And they're like, no. He goes, I'm out of here. Yeah. He's like, I've been around this world, and this is the first thing I've ever seen that terrifies me. And he left, and he was gone. Yep. And what I hated about that was later on in the episode, after Cersei says to John, okay, we'll all work together, but you have to be neutral after all this. You can't pick a side. You have to let us, me and Daenerys, fight this out with each other afterwards. And then John's like, no, I've already pledged allegiance to her, so sorry. Yeah. And that leads to Tyrion has to go talk to his sister. Uh-huh. And, and basically convince her to, we need to work together on this. And there's a scene in there which is important because you see where... Basically, he says, just kill me if you're going to kill me then. Have him kill me. you know. And she doesn't do it. She doesn't give the order to kill him, even though all she's talked about is killing him. Yep. And I thought that was kind of important because, okay, you know, that, you know, at the end of the day, they're still brother and sister. Yep. 
And then, so we see Cersei go back, and she agrees, and she even makes a point of saying, like, I'll agree to this, but I want you to remember I agreed to this, knowing that when this is over, that you guys are going to fight against me after. And then later on, she's like, tells Jamie basically, like, oh, no, we're not going to work with them. Oh, yeah, I very lie. adamantly, too. Yeah, oh, I know, I lied. We're not working with them. As a matter of fact, we'll control this because we have this. And he's like, well, these people will desert us, and we don't have the money, and we don't have that. And she's like, oh, no, no. He's not going back to the Iron Islands. This is all a ploy from the beginning. He's going to get them to bring the uh, the bank here. Yep. Um. See, I have fault with that I tremendously. Yep. Because – he left because of the White Walker. He right. didn't leave because of anything else. Yeah. But they want us to believe, oh, no, no, this was all a plan from the beginning. Uh, and No, because his reaction was – is what it was when he deserted them. Like she didn't say, oh, um, they're going to show us something or, or like at some point just stand up and desert me and make them think I'm on my own. Like it didn't make any sense because – the only way for that to work is when he sees that and he's like, fuck this, and leaves like he did. Yeah. So I had a big problem with that. As did I. And uh, and then later when Jamie's like, but I gave my word. I promised them I'd fight together. And Jamie's showing that his oath and his word means more than like, like with Jon Snow. Mm-hmm. Where his oath and his word mean something. And maybe my father was foolish, but and maybe it got him killed and he lost his head, but there's still basically if everyone lies, then no one's words means anything. Right. And Jon Snow believes that. Clearly, Jamie believes that. And when Jamie went to leave and she basically was like, oh, no, you're not going anywhere. And he's like, oh, are you going to have him kill me? I thought she was going to have him killed. Yeah. Because I thought, you know, that would be the big surprise because earlier when Tyrion was saying, oh, you're going to have him kill me and she didn't, I thought – oh, now she will, and that will be the big shock because she didn't with Tyrion, but now she is with Jamie and she loves Jamie and hates Tyrion and da-da-da-da. Right. So I thought for a pure swerve aspect only, there she was going to have him killed. Yep. And then she didn't, and he basically, he deserted her. He left. He left King's Landing. Yep. Because he learned that he is devoted to her, but she is not devoted to him. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious now, is he going to go fight with Daenerys and Jon, or is he going to just go off on his own and hide out, or what he's going to do? I don't. I think that he's going to go off and honor his pledge. Yep. I think that that's what he's going to do, because that's what he said he was going to do. Oh, and another thing. Even though she said that she sent the uh, Theon's uncle off to go do this, yep. we don't actually see him doing that. Right. So that could just be hyperbole on her part. Like she's that she's just lying to Jamie because she truly doesn't want to help them and she's just looking out for herself. Yep. Even without the Greyjoys. I could so see I that. Don't know. That could be hype. Now that I'm thinking about it, that could be just she's bluffing about that part. Who knows? But uh, we do see Theon getting the respect back of his men when he takes a wicked beating. <laughs> a really and, wicked beating. And, and then the fact that he has no dick helps out when he gets when he gets hit there a bunch of times and it doesn't yep. hurt him. And you know. <laughs> and then him and his him and his men go back to go rescue his head off to rescue uh, his sister. Yep. 
which hopefully they do. Yeah. Um, the best part for me though, and like I don't like to do spoilers, so I didn't message you what I wanted to message you, which yes. was Kate's really going to like this episode of Game of Thrones. Oh my God, Kate! That's my wife. Kate loved this episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> she was on the edge of the couch. She was excited. She was clapping her hands together a lot. Not like repeatedly, but like, yeah! You know, yeah! Yep. Like that type of thing. She was very excited. Very, very, very excited. And most specifically, because we finally got to see Littlefinger get what was coming to him. Oh, Yeah! And it was set up beautifully because, like you said, in the last episode, we had the whole, you know, um, the the two sisters kind of at each other. Not really at each other's throats, but like, you know, oh, are they going to kill each other? Are they going to fight? You know, what's going on here? Oh, oh, the tension is mounting. And then Sansa calls Arya in there, and she's standing in the chamber and surrounded by everybody else. And Arya's like, are you sure you want to do this? And she's like, yep, it has to be done. And she's like, you are being held for treason and attempted this and murder and blah 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 step forward little finger and he's like yes what and yeah dude he got down on his knees and was crying like well, he because, was a sniveling toad well like they charged him they, she, they charged him with all these things and then he went to the as the commander of the veil i order you to take me, take me out to, to protect me and guide me back and the guy goes yeah i don't think we'll be doing that yeah so yeah, he, he was on his own. He was done for. Yep. And Arya just slit his throat, and they left him there to bleed out. Oh yeah, yeah. She just walked over and shink. Like my wife was so excited. <laughs> well, because you had Bran up there too, and Bran was like being the three eyed raven, saying like, "You put a knife to our father's throat. You said I told you not to trust me." And you saw Littlefinger stop. Like, how would you even know that? You know, like, how would you know this happened? And, yep. you know, it's just, yeah, he's, I mean, Littlefinger is definitely a smarmy worm of a character that you've just despised every season. Like, with Jamie, you hated him in the opening season. Oh, yeah. And then he, like, redeemed himself over time. And then they even made you feel bad for Cersei at one point, And then now you hate her again. But they never made you like Littlefinger or feel bad for him or whatever because he just always looked out for himself and was just a a worm. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So seeing him get his and being killed, awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It really was. And it kind of like everything else was left on kind of a, you know, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? This was one of the finality things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we got some great closure on a couple of things, or we got some, like, redemption. You know, Littlefinger was killed. They, they, you know, the, the sisters worked together, and they try. you know, Littlefinger was executed, basically, in his quick little trial thing he had there. Um, but I liked how Sansa brought up, you tried to put your, you know, put a wedge between my sister and my, and myself, like you did my mother and her sister, my mother and her, my, my, my mother and aunt. Because that's exactly what she did. Yep. He did years ago, and it, you know it just wasn't going to work this time. And these are all the horrible things you've done. And I think it's good because you keep thinking that Sansa is foolish and falling for Littlefinger. And she even says in this episode, like 
not like I'm not very smart or I'm, but she basically says like I'm not quick about things sometimes. I'm not very smart, but even you, you know, I've I've seen through you finally type of thing. Yep. But you got so Littlefinger being killed, being disposed of. You have Theon, you know, getting some growing some balls. Well, yeah. Come on, you were thinking like, it. <laughs> yeah, I was. But you have Theon kind of like showing some fortitude and being like, let's go rescue my sister. This is what I should have done, and now I'm doing it. Yep. You know, um, you have Samwell returns to – well, not returns, but arrives at Winterfell. Yep. Has a very interesting conversation with Bran. Yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick, I like when Bran says, I'm, I'm the three-eyed raven, and Sam goes, oh, I don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very honest of him. That was good. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, we get a little montage scene mm-hmm. of Sam and Bran talking to each other. Yep. About John and Bran saying we need to tell John who he really is. Oh, who is he? And in the other room, it's intercut with John and Daenerys like going in the room together mm-hmm. and starting to get undressed. And now they're gonna make some, now they're gonna make some love. And what? How, and you? What did you? What was your comment about this this love scene in this episode? It was the most boring, lame love scene that they have had in the series to date. Yes. Okay. Like every other love scene has been either you know like sex or violent sex or you know passionate or really ramming the the job home. You know, it's always <laughs> been an over the top kind of thing. And this was like. Um, this was like soap opera kind of sex scene. You know, yeah. all body parts were covered. It was well lit. You know, their their bodies looked like they were intertwined as lovers embrace. Like, it, it was something out of a trashy romance novel. Right, right. And my response was, well, yeah, but you're also – the narrative to this is, oh, by the way, you're watching Incest. Yes. <laughs> Which, again, we've already watched several times between Jamie and Cersei. And yeah, see the products of that's brother and sister. Yeah, which I'm not saying is any less or you know not as bad as this is. It's actually aunt, worse. I would. This say. is aunt and nephew. Yeah. Um. So I think brother and sister's got to be worse than aunt and nephew. I would agree. Yes. But still, essentially, they're like, oh yeah, um, this is you know this is there this is incest you're watching. So we can't really make it because if they make it like. Jamie and Cersei, it's like, oh, this is wrong. Because what they're doing is wrong, so they make their sex wrong. Yep. They make it violent and not violent, but they make it just just yeah. 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 And then, you know, other sex scenes, like you say, they're kinda like they are what they are. But this it's like, oh look at this, it's so lovely and romantic and oh my god. It's their brother you know, their aunt their aunt and nephew. Because yep. you find out that Daenerys' brother, who is Secretly wet. Oh, and that's the other thing too. Is like Samwell says that he's the one that discovered this, but it was actually uh, not Lily, but um, the girl, his girl. Oh, she's yeah. the one that read it in uh, the book. Gilly, of, uh, Gilly, thank you. Gilly's the one that actually read about the secret secret ceremony that the guy did, um, and that Ned Stark has held the secret all these years. That Jon Snow's real name isn't Jon Sand. Or it's not – he's not a snow. He's a sand, but not even a sand. He's, what, Aegar Targaryen? Uh, Aegon, I believe. Aegon. Aegon Targaryen. He's a Targaryen. He's actually the rightful heir to the Iron Throne. Not even Daenerys. He is. Yep. And so next season, 
Is that going to set up some tensions and hostilities between the two? Probably. If he finds out, you know, because you, you're claiming to be had to the throne. I'm the actual rightful heir to the throne. Exactly. You know, he bent the knee to her, but should she be bending the knee to him? Is this the type of thing that is going to cause them to fight amongst themselves? Like, talk amongst yourselves about fighting. Right. So, but anyhow, oh yes, I I, I, I guess the, the last real quick thing is about um, the wall. The wall. The, yeah. the White Walkers show up, the dragon shows up, and basically burns a hole in the wall. Uh, takes down a chunk of the wall. I yeah. mean, that was insane. But it's 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 at the end, so it makes the most sense. He didn't they didn't collapse the center; they kind of collapsed the end near like a lake of something. I think it's the ocean. Okay, the ocean. Yeah, so it was an easier part for them to collapse, and then the army of the dead marched on through. Yep, they're coming. Yep. So now we have to wait until whenever, because they still haven't said when the next season is coming out. Yeah, I know. I just read the guy that plays Jamie Lannister was saying that it actually begins filming this October. And by the time it wraps, we could either see at the end of next year or 2019. Yep. So we'll see. But uh, seven episodes and each one rumored to be a feature length, much like this final episode was. Yep. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Good show. Good times. (laughs) All right. So I guess I guess that's about it. Yeah, I think that's about it for me. Cool. Cool, cool. Well, in this uh, good couple hour long episode, thanks for joining us. Can't wait to hear your comments if you have any. Uh, I'm on the Facebook at SuperstarML. And I'm at the Quantum Geek, G33K. And the show is at What Did You Watch on Facebook and on Twitter. Thanks, everybody. 